Hello, mates. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 in Irvine. Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. There is still hope. What a tremendous sentiment for the holiday season, Elf Princess. This is What Would Arwen Do on KUCI FM Irvine, the greatest radio station in the history of Middle Earth. <laughs> this is your Hobbit co-host Milo Lomsdown at your service, and with me today, as always, is Tani oh. Tanuvial. <laughs> me, Tani Tanuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf, and we want to say a very special hello again to all of our friends who may be listening in, both on the airwaves and through the internet, and I just, uh, in between shows there, I had a chance to run out in the lobby and jump on the internet, and it seems that a fellow hobbit, Rose Morningstar, is listening in from her location in Northshire, USA, <laughs> at least that's what it says on the message board, so anyway, hello, Rose. Wow, it's it's wonderful Greetings to have friends to listening to us. Yes, and... Also, to all those who hopefully will get to listen in on podcast, it is the holidays. There are so many things going on. And uh, even though around here at uh, UCI, where we broadcast from, it's a little quieter than usual because uh, last week finals uh, were over. And so congratulations to all of those who survived <laughs> and thrived through finals and uh, many who have now gone home to spend the holiday time with their family. So safe journeys to all of our friends who are who are traveling everywhere. Absolutely. And again, hello to my nieces and nephews, my friends Chuck and Donna who listen to us on podcast, my friend Martin in Toronto who listens via podcast. Oh my gosh. And all of our friends on Tolkien Online. You know, in the first hour, we, we read letters from Father Christmas. Here's something that our listeners should be aware of. Local children can mail letters to Santa Claus and pick up his response at two locations this holiday season. Letters can be mailed to Santa Claus, care of Heritage Park Community Center, 14301 Yale Avenue, Irvine, California, 92604, or Santa Claus, care of Turtle Rock Community Park, 1 Sunny Hill, Irvine, California, 92603. Santa's response letters must be picked up at these two locations. Allow one week for responses. Wonderful. So. Well, that's that's very cool because we were reading letters from Father Christmas and you gave us some information about letters to Father Christmas. And there are so many wonderful ways to celebrate the holidays. Many people celebrate this time of the year in, from a religious context. Some people simply celebrate it from a cultural context, which is wonderful as well. We need to allow everyone to have their own path in life. And for some, this is simply the season where we appreciate each other and spend time together and take a little time off work and feed each other yummy things <laughs> through the holidays. Uh, <laughs> like the chocolate. holidays, the holidays, how I love them. And- January, how I fear it. <laughs> Well, and it's always and it's it's always time and it's never too late to start new traditions in your families. So And the Elf Princess had shared with me a new tradition in the Thanksgiving season. I would like to share with you a new tradition for the Christmas season. Ooh. 
many, many people buy Christmas trees from Christmas tree lots mm-hmm. and then after the holidays are over, put them on the curb to be collected oh, by the yes, trash man. Yes, yes, so sad. Well, here is something from the Los Angeles Times business section, mm-hmm. Saturday, December 11th. Living trees for rent, a trend takes root. So this is a new adventure. Yes. Some people even adopt their conifers, getting the same one each year. Oh, I love it. David Van Middlesworth no longer has to worry about accidentally killing his Christmas trees. <laughs> the 56-year-old entrepreneur owns an electric car and powers his Pacific Palisades home with solar panels. Mm. The idea of cutting down a tree each year for Christmas and then discarding it at the end of the season always grated on him. So one year, he bought a tiny potted Monterey pine, hoping it would be his family's holiday tree for years to come. But the little tree died just a couple of months before the next Christmas. Quote, I was proud of the fact we were doing something environmentally correct. Keeping a tree alive instead of killing one and then having it die anyway was kind of not fun, Van Middlesworth said. Rather than repeat the experience, the family bought cut trees from a local Boy Scout slot. Then a Redondo Beach startup company offered them a solution that allowed them to enjoy Christmas guilt-free. The Living Christmas Company, founded by... Landscape architect Scott Martin, known as Scotty Claus, in 2008, (laughs) rents out live potted holiday trees to households in the South Bay and Los Angeles area. Customers can choose from a range of trees, including a two-foot baby sequoia, hardy blue cedars, and fragrant seven-foot Monterey pines. A big enough tree, certainly, I think, Elf Princess for any of us. (laughs) And the rentals have various pricings and so forth that's wonderful so they come they the trees get to live somewhere throughout the year being well taken care of um for the 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 gift that they give to people during the holiday season of getting all dressed up and adorning their homes and the people that rent the trees don't have to worry if they don't have a green thumb of the tree not surviving after the holidays are over yeah, it's How just, delightful. It's, it's just a delightful... And what is the... Is there a way to contact these well, people? Or is there a website uh, or something? Unfortunately, we may get that later in the program today, but right now, as I look again at the article, I do not see a web address. It's the Living Christmas Company. Oh, okay. So we can do Google searches on that. And certainly, the wonderful Abby Sewell of the L.A. Times wrote it, so you can write the person at abby.sewell, S-E-W-E-L-L, at latimes.com. I'm sure that she has more information on that. And that uh, seems to be for the Los Angeles area, but who knows, maybe if wherever you are, maybe if you're in Irvine or maybe if you're up in Oregon or Canada, maybe there's a rent-a-Christmas-tree place where you live, or maybe you think about uh, starting one <laughs> yourself in your own city. I think it's such a delightful idea. I mean, it's it's really something that could, you know, be propagated and replicated throughout. And it and it is not creating waste. It's kind of like, I love these places that rent uh, tuxedos, and even now, a lot of people rent bridal gowns and gowns for their maids of honor. Rather than buying a dress that you're going to wear one time and never get any more use out of it, 
And now you can uh, now you can do the same with a Christmas tree. It's delightful. What a great idea. So if folks want more information on this, and they offer a, a variety of eco-friendly holiday goods, but the big jumping present on their home webpage is one that's labeled Rent-A-Tree, which allows you to rent a living tree for Christmas every year. You're not going to be killing trees. The, the web address is livingchristmas.com. Wonderful. Livingchristmas.com. And just for those who still would like to perhaps find another way, and maybe they're not in the Los Angeles area, but would like to start a new tradition this year, rather than killing a tree or um, or even just for whatever reason, you can also be, uh, purchase a membership at Arbor Day Foundation, which is the celebration of trees, and um send someone a card and have a tree planted in their name. This is a wonderful idea with regards to if you have lost a loved one perhaps this last year, maybe you start a new tradition this year. A lot of people will be noticing the absence of a special person uh, around their holiday festivities. And so perhaps um, starting a tradition of planting a tree each year in uh, honor of that person or per- getting a membership this year and having a tree sent somewhere in honor of that person. Maybe each year you sent and have a tree planted in honor of your loved one and start a new tradition that the whole family can celebrate and take a moment to be glad about that we are. Because trees are such a wonderful thing. Our beloved uh, Professor J.R. Tolkien loved trees. I am a tree person. I love trees and birds and I live in the tops of trees and so I love the idea of doing everything we can to honor these magnificent creations. Absolutely, trees. absolutely. And we're we're blessed here in Southern California with many kinds of trees. Mm, but yes. there are trees all over the the country. When I was working for a period of almost four years in North Carolina, the forests of North Carolina, the massive oak groves, mm. many, many, many oaks from which their beautiful oak furniture is made. But the oaks were so beautiful in their natural way and the acorns and the mm, way we yes. had we had four or five in our backyard and the squirrels would go and play in them. <laughs> We'd watch them frolicking in the spring. Yes. We'd see them digging their little holes in the autumn, burying the acorns and then retrieving them in the winter. Uh, what a joy a tree is, and it right. supports so much life. It generates oxygen mm-hmm. for and the shade. living people, the living organisms. Mm-hmm. It generates shade. It provides beauty just looking at it. Right, and very is. often fruit that we can nourish ourselves with. And we are so privileged to broadcast our show, What Would Harwin Do?, here from the campus of UC Irvine, which is such a beautiful place. If anything was akin to the Shire or the... Um, the the elvish realms of the coastlands, uh, perhaps the phallus, it, uh, it could easily be here from the campus of UC Irvine, who was recently named uh, a, a tree campus, got, got the a tree campus designation. And um, we the have thousands like 20, of trees. over 24,000 trees here. Thousands and thousands of yeah. beautiful trees. And there's actually an area of student housing called Middle Earth. There is, in <laughs> fact, yes. Well, Elf so, Princess. What um, do we have to do? Well, we're going to continue with some readings and um, 
Also, we are, have a few more uh, gifts to give away. And, you know, it's just, it's that time of the year where it's just lovely to share our blessings with people. And one of the things, uh, in the last hour, we got to give away a, a copy of The Hobbit. Chris called in, and so that was that was exciting. He had his choice between The Hobbit or the complete paperback version of The Lord of the Rings, which we will be offering again this coming hour to our listeners. And, of course, um, as an elf who loves to recycle and cares for the environment, I love especially recycling books and books that we are able to get uh, for just a pittance, less than a pittance even, from one of my favorite bookstores that recycles books, the Newport Beach Public Library. And But my dear Hobbit friend, I have a little something oh my for you for the holidays. Oh my because, gosh. you know, we elves love to... So, I think this might be something that the Hobbit doesn't have. Oh, my gosh. Elf <laughs> Princess, thank you so much, Tani. Tani has just handed me a beautiful, beautiful, a, a tremendously beautiful package. <laughs> it's in elvish green, the wood elvish green, I would say, paper with a starlight silver-colored bow on it. And on the on the front of it is a Lord of the Rings trilogy card but there's something inside, so if I may open it, yes. I will take a and look at it. And of course, we have the Hobbit on the on the little card with Gandalf. Oh my it. gosh! <clears throat> there's there's Frodo and Gandalf smoking his pipe, and beautiful <laughs> green paper, and inside, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful present for the Hobbit from the elf. We see what? Oh my gosh! The Return of the King, original. Original so, music because you have soundtrack. the you have the extended. I have recordings. the extended, but I don't have the original and, one CD. And this is the one because if you look at, um, oh, I don't know if I brought that one. There is all of the all of the CDs when they came out had like the generic uh, front, right. and then there were special editions that had like these cards. That had a special Wonderful. front, which and that this one front has. has Leave Tyler playing Arwen. She's sitting on her couch, overlooking the beautiful trees of Rivendell, and she's reading a book. Yeah, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful package, and includes track seventeen, "The Return of the King," featuring Sir James Galway on the flute and Renee Fleming with a beautiful beautiful voice oh my gosh yeah that's a wonderful i love that scene that's the scene where elrond comes in and says to her why do you linger when there is no hope and she says there There is is still hope there is still hope well i hope you will forgive me elf princess for not doing a good rapping uh job but i have a little (laughs) something for you You this is this is just you know you gave me a card and a recording so uh, by a weird coincidence, I have a card for you, which is from our local delicious coffee and tea purveyor and goodies. They have baked goodies. Pete's Coffee and Tea. Oh, I want to give you, you. that Christmas oh, ornament-looking card. Look at it. It's adorable. Look at how shiny it is. Oh, my gosh. They captured some starlight and just put it right into this card. This is beautiful. Thank you so very much. And And you also gave me a recording... In a CD form, I want to give you a recording in a book form. This what? is a book that I got. This is this is not a recording, actually. It's something you already have, but not in this format, I oh. think. I found at one of my favorite places, a Friends <laughs> of the Library, 
for the Orange County Public Library, there's a beautiful library called the Katie Wheeler Branch oh. up on Old Myford Road, really? oh. just across from the Tustin Marketplace, but I think it's technically Irvine. In any case, this beautiful book I found there as they were, you know, basically saying, oh, well, you know, here it is. It's, it's nothing special. It's just Lord of the Rings. Everyone has Lord of the Rings. But not everyone has this copy of the Lord of the Rings, and I'm just checking to make sure. Right, there's there's no prices in it other than the original list price, but I bought this used from oh the my old Myford Katie Wheeler. And why don't you read the cover of it, Elf oh Princess? Oh my gosh. Well, the Lord of the Rings, J.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings, illustrated by Alan Lee. Yes, Alan Lee. And this is the HarperCollins. So this has all they of the They have no idea who Alan Lee was. And Alan Lee, of course, oh is one gosh. of the main creators of the look of Mordor and Barad-dûr, the, the Dark Tower, his illustrations are just gorgeous in that book, Elf Princess. Illustrations, copyright 1991. So this uh, this actually was published in 1991. My gosh, almost, well, nine like, years yeah, yeah, before years production, ago. 10 years before the first yes, release. Yes, and of course we know that Alan Lee was very much consulted for all of the sets and the... Um, the aesthetic beauty of Middle Earth that Peter Jackson brought to the screen. Thank you so much. Oh my well, gosh, thank this, you, is, this, is over, this is overwhelming. Here I thought I was going to be surprising you. And <laughs> 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 thank you, my dear friend. And of course, we uh, elves love to have a bit of holiday cheer, um, wonderful teas and pizza is such a lovely place. So. Well, Pete's Coffee is not only a place that sells coffee and tea and goodies to eat with them, but it's a place of relaxation, talking to friends, meeting yes. people. And so I hope you have many meetings with that gift many card meetings. from Many meetings, yes. Speaking of many meetings, sounds like a song, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so here we are into our second hour and um, celebrating the holiday season. And uh, we, as we mentioned in the last hour, there are m- many different religious, you know, um, people celebrating very many different aspects of their religious and spiritual life during this time of the year. And so it's not all, you know, just necessarily about Christmas, about um, Santa Claus or or Jesus or uh, those particular things. There's also the Jewish holidays of Hanukkah and, of course, Ramadan. And there was an, another one that I think you mentioned. I hear some rustling going on over there, my dear Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> the Hobbit has, uh, is, is, the Hobbit is crying from the beautiful gift that he got. And oh. he did a little handkerchief. <laughs> thank you so much, Elf Princess, for my beautiful gift. It's, oh. it's wonderful. And thank you for mine. Oh, my gosh. We're going to get all mushy. Over so, yes. Here. <laughs> but in this season, there are many, many holiday traditions. Yes. There is, of course, Hanukkah of the Jewish folks. Christianity has Christmas, the founding of Christianity. We have the two Eid holidays of the Muslims mm-hmm. close by here, and for which the post office issues holiday stamps at the same time that they issue Hanukkah and Christmas stamps. So our our wish is when we ask, well, what would Arwen do during the holiday season? I believe that Arwen would 
say, you know, there is still hope. This is the season of hope. Uh, even within our Christian tradition, the, the spiritual tradition that you and I share, dear Hobbit, um, hope is, is a theme uh, of from, you know, redemption. I don't think there's anybody on this planet that would contest that their life can be very difficult at times. There are things to overcome. There's illness. There's loss. There are things that uh, from which we drink the cup of bitterness, but there's also great joy, and there's always hope, and hope even for what lies beyond the circles of this world. So in this uh, time of Christmas, people have always asked me, well, why doesn't Tolkien have God in Lord of the Rings? I mean, where is God? Where is the religion? Certainly, there were many religions in the Elder Sagas of the Norsemen in Finland and Norway and Sweden. Those long-distant traditions have, have many, many gods and goddesses. Uh, where was this in Tolkien? And there are a couple of readings we would like to do for you this afternoon, or if you're listening on podcast right now while you're working out at the gym, you're listening to the mod- podcast. Uh, and I think we should begin with the professor, as he is the authoritative one, Tani. Would you read us something from the Tolkien reader? Oh, uh, yes. And I would love to share from... J.R. Tolkien's essay on fairy stories, which was his defense of fairy stories, of fantasy uh, for adults. And, oh my gosh, this is just one of my favorite pieces of literature in the whole world. And But he talks here, um, there's a couple of, uh, let's see, I have these, oh gosh, there's just so much good stuff here that I have marked. Um, one of the things that he he talks about the theme of uh, recovery and eucatastrophe, but let let me just read this from uh, the end here on the section of uh, recovery, escape, and consolation. I believe this is the oh, I take that back. This is from the epilogue. He says here. The Gospels, which, um, and you mentioned that people have asked, why is there no mention of God in the Lord of the Rings? J.R. Tolkien very explicitly said that the events of Middle Earth take place in a pre-Christian world. Right. Um, and but also his goal was not to write a religious story. So, but we do see and. I th- I think we see very uh, distinctly the presence of providence throughout the stories of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, and of course we in the uh, prehistory from the Silmarillion we have the the music of the Ainur and where the world is created by Iluvatar and the angels, which are the offspring of his thought. So there is that context of you know the creation. So this is from uh, on fairy stories. And he says here, this is J.R. Tolkien, the Gospels contain a fairy story or a story of a larger kind which embraces all the essence of fairy stories. They contain many marvels, peculiarly artistic, beautiful, and moving, quote, mythical in their perfect self-contained significance. And among the marvels is the greatest and most complete conceivable eucatastrophe. 
But this story has entered history and the primary world. The desire and aspiration of sub-creation has been raised to the fulfillment of creation. The birth of Christ is the eucatastrophe of man's history. The resurrection is the eucatastrophe of the story of the incarnation. This story begins and ends in joy. It has the preeminently, quote, inner consistency of reality. There is no tale ever told that men would rather find was true, and none which so many skeptical men have accepted as true on its own merits. For the art of it has the supremely convincing tone of primary art, that is, of creation. To eject it leads either to sadness or to wrath. He goes on to say, The Christian joy, the Gloria, is of the same kind, but it is preeminently infinitely, if our capacity were not finite, high and joyous. But this story is supreme and it is true. Art has been verified. God is the Lord of angels and of men and of elves. Legend and history have met and fused. Right. And and so there you have the professor commenting on that nature. I would like to read from a really tremendous book, called Lord of the Elves and Eldils, Fantasy and Philosophy in C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. They were both member they were both members of the group called the Inklings at mm-hmm. Oxford, a group of dons and professors that talked about literature and philosophy and religion. And so this book, Lord of the Elves and Eldils, well Lord of the Elves would be Tolkien because yes. he wrote about elves. And the Lord of the Eldils is C.S. Lewis because he wrote about uh, angels as Eldils, if you will, that's oversimplifying, but basically in his space trilogy, which consists of three books, Out of the Silent Planet, Paralandra, and my favorite, That Hideous Strength. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable that that film has not been made as a science fiction movie because it has just got great material. Well, Paralandra is my favorite, and uh, when I saw Avatar... It was kind of perhaps the closest that I could have imagined coming to something like Paralandra. Very, very, very similar. In any case, uh, what I'd like to do is read a little bit from Chapter 6, Religion in Tolkien, because Mm -hmm. many people believe there is no religion in Tolkien, but there, in fact, is. Now, this is from Professor Richard Pirtle, who at the time in 1974 was Professor of Philosophy at Western Washington State College in Bellingham, Washington. But in Chapter 6, he talks about religion in Tolkien and just a couple of uh, relatively brief passages I'd like to cover before we have our next giveaway. Mm. (laughs) This is talking about the possibility of Tolkien having God in Lord of the Rings. If Tolkien shows his people at worship, for instance, who is he to show them worshiping? A man of Tolkien's activity of mind could invent 50 pantheons with appropriate myths and rituals, but this would be to show his heroes worshiping false gods. Is he to make them monotheists, then? But how is he to make their monotheism plausible? None of his races have a philosophical bent like the Greeks. Is he to give them a special revelation like the Hebrews? But if so, how is this to connect with the Judeo-Christian revelation? Wisely enough, Tolkien does not show his characters at worship, and yet he does not entirely avoid the idea of superior beings Mm. of worship. Hints here and there through the manuscript are expanded in the appendices. There are the Valar, the guardians of the world, and behind them the figure of the One. 
The Valar are not unlike more remote Eldils from the little we hear of them. But at one point, this background religion comes into the foreground. If any group in Middle-earth is to be close to God or the gods, it should be the elves, and among these are the high elves. Look at the early part of Frodo's adventures. When he has left Bag End, but not yet the Shire, he and his companions fall in with a group of elves who are singing this song. Snow white, snow white, O lady clear, O queen beyond the western seas, O light to us that wander here amid the world of woven trees. Gilthoniel, ah, Elbereth, clear are the, thy eyes and bright thy breath. Snow white, snow white, we sing to thee in a far land beyond the sea. Elbereth is queen beyond the western seas. With shining hands by her were sown, the stars were with shining hands by her sown. She is evidently something like a goddess, even if the language is partly metaphorical. O light to us that wander here recalls certain Roman Catholic hymns to the Virgin Mary. And indeed, Elbreth seems to play a part very similar to that of Mary in Catholic worship. Yes, indeed. So, in fact, to say that the Lord of the Rings is totally without religion, totally without gods or a god, we have the one, which is explained in the appendices of Lord of the Rings and really expanded tremendously in the great Silmarillion. Yes, in fact, could I just read this first paragraph from the Ainulindili, which is the music of the Ainur, the creation story from the Silmarillion. And it says here, and I, I love the Ainulindili, it's one of my favorite pieces of literature ever, anywhere. This is from the music of the Ainur. There was Iru, the one who in Arda is called Iluvatar, and he made first the Ainur, the holy ones, that were the offspring of his thought, and they were with him before aught else was made. And he spoke to them, propounding to, the, to them themes of music, and they sang before him, and he was glad. And so it goes on, of course, to talk about the whole creation story. Uh, one of my favorite passages uh, comes when it says, Then the voices of the Ainur, which were the holy ones, likened to harps and lutes and pipes and trumpets and viols and organs. So here we see the creation of the world coming through music. And likened to countless choirs singing with words, began to fashion the theme of Iluvatar to a great music. And a sound arose of inter endless interchanging melodies woven in harmony that passed beyond the hearing into the depths and into the heights and the places of the dwelling of Iluvatar were filled to overflowing and the music <clears throat> and the echo of the music went out into the void and it was not void just tremendous I mean, such unbelievable beautiful parallels even to the creation story that we see in Genesis beautiful prose and beautiful thoughts just tremendous for our listeners who have not read the Silmarillion I know it's much more difficult reading in some sense than Lord of the Rings but it is very well, worthwhile <laughs> it is just it repays the reading if you wish to deepen your knowledge of Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, it's a very good source. So do we have um, some music to play? Well, we need to have a piece of music. We have another reading by the, the um, oh my gosh, from the archives, yes. Yes, something from the archives, which is, in case some people are not aware, and those of us who are always looking for new things to delight ourselves with from the Lord of the Rings and from the movies, and those of us who loved the music that Howard Shore composed for us, 
Um, we have now this CD that comes with uh, the book that you got recently. The, the, the Music of the Lord of the Rings yes. by Doug Adams, just and these published the, this year. Yes, the archives, which are some songs that didn't make it into the movie or to uh, any places. So, um, are we? Let, shall we play yours first, track 20? Track 20, oh which my is, gosh. Track 20 the, is... Frodo's song. Frodo's song, oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so good. Let's play track 20 from the archives that accompanies Doug Adams' book. Track 20 is Frodo's song. And into while the we're West. In, into the West. While we are playing this, we are going to, we are going to give away three paperbacks, The Lord of the Rings, which are divided in three volumes, mm-hmm. The Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers and the Return of the King in the beautiful Del Rey paper book, paperback edition. Very worthwhile. So this is KUCI Irvine. Please call area code 949-824-5824 or 949-UCI-KUCI. Isn't that beautiful? I, it's it's amazing to me that that's actually called into the West. So that would have been an alternate, you know, possibility. Of course, we are so excited that Annie Lennox's version of Into the West made it to the movie and, of course, to the Oscars. My that gosh! Year with the Return of the King. So, speaking of these wonderful movies that have uh, enriched our lives on so many levels. Dear Hobbit friend, do we have some movie news? I know we covered some movie news in the first half of uh, the first hour of this uh, special two-hour edition today of What Would Arwen Do? Right. Um, but let's recap a little bit of that because okay. those are those are very important announcements in case someone is right. just listening to the second half. But there is, in fact, even more movie news about our the the two Hobbit movies that hopefully will be coming to the screen in uh, 2012. And you had mentioned before that they might be coming in November, which I really hope they come in November rather than December. <laughs> All of the indications are mm-hmm. that Hobbit, The Hobbit Part 1 will be released in November of 2012. Warner Brothers, in their original press release last year, had said that they planned on releasing it in December 2012. But for the last two months... Ever since the MGM issue was resolved, everyone seems to be talking about November 2012. That would be lovely because, well, you just never know what might happen in December of 2012. Right. (laughs) It's so crowded in December with very big-name movies. And, and of course, there will be so many festivities and who knows what going on on December 12th, 2012. Oh, my gosh. So we want the movies out before then. I'm looking forward (laughs) to two years from now when you and I party until the cows come home. (laughs) In any case, to recap what we had discussed last hour, Kate Blanchett has been announced as being signed for the role of Galadriel returning in The Hobbit Part 1. So we're very excited that we finally have one female Female presence and a very important one. 
Although um, and for the continuity of the films, for the continuity of the films, excellent. Although purists will say, "Wait a minute, The Hobbit doesn't have Galadriel anywhere." It makes perfect sense filmically, dramatically, intellectually, spiritually, and financially. Right. Well, so they, were, they weren't. It wasn't mentioned in The Hobbit, but but um, Lothlorien was certainly there. <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense. Right. So at the same time that Peter Jackson announced that, he also announced Ken Stott from Charlie Wilson's War playing the Dwarf Lord Balin, Sylvester McCoy, who is famous in both Doctor Who series in British television, will play the wizard Radagast the Brown, Swedish actor Mikhail Persbrandt will play the shape-shifting bear man Bjorn, British actor Ryan Gage will play Drogo Baggins, oh. and New Zealand actors Jed Brophy and William Kirker will play the dwarves Nori and Beefer, respectively. Again, absent from any solid news mm-hmm. is Ian McKellen. But IMDb and Andy Circus. And Andy Circus. Mm-hmm. IMDb.com, however, has very interesting things. It's recently been updated, and the rumored word was removed next to Ian McKellen and Andy Circus. Also, we know from many sources that the agents for Sir Ian and Andy Circus are respectively madly and quickly negotiating with the production company for the Hobbit movies to to reappear. So that is one of the interesting things on imdb.com when you look at The Hobbit Part 1. The other interesting thing is um, Navarro, who was the cinematographer for all of Guillermo del Toro's movies recently, Mm -hmm. was removed as the director of photography, as the cinematographer, and replaced with our friend Andrew Lesney the Australian who photographed the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh. And to remind our our friends of what a great cinematographer he is, I first became aware of him with that beautiful film, unbelievably gorgeous film, Babe, about the talking pig. Oh. With James Cromwell as the farmer who trains this pig and the talking pig herds up the... Uh, the sheep it's just a tremendous film i never saw that a little detail that i missed 15 years ago when it was originally announced and presented was hugo weaving was the voice of rex the the farmyard uh, horse i believe he was but hugo weaving was a voice talent in babe and now you know yes well he has a very distinctive voice when he's just a great voice so since babe andrew lesney is famous for doing Babe, Pig in the City, which was a sequel. (laughs) Equally beautiful, probably not as good a movie. Then the three Lord of the Rings films, where he won the best Oscar award and many other awards for his work on The Fellowship of the Ring. He's done King Kong for Peter Jackson, Mm -hmm. which looks fabulous. He's also done I Am Legend, the film with Will Smith, which looked great. And... The Lovely Bones, which is the latest film from Peter Jackson before he resumed work on The Hobbit. So we are uh, looking forward to also seeing him uh, early next year, Rise of the Apes, which is sort of a science fiction-y movie starring James Franco mm. and Andy Serkis. So kind of like it's, um, it's, it's, the Planet of the Apes? It's, it sounds like a Planet of the Apes takeoff because mm. you have James Franco, beautiful, brilliant young actor, uh, playing a scientist that raises sort of a super ape, and then the 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 war that ensues between humans and the oh, intelligent apes. Interesting. So, 
basically, uh, that is one news. Another piece of news is, of course, we expect, as usual, for Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh to be the producers of the Hobbit movies. But a third name was added as executive producer, Colm Green, who is best known for Lost in Translation, the oh. great film about displacement of displacement of your life, if I can use that phrase, that Sofia Coppola so brilliantly directed a number of years ago. So, a very, very interesting piece of information. So, as of this point, as we know, uh, per um, the OneRing.net, oh, before that, here's the other thing. What? What? Here's the thing I haven't shared with you, oh. Princess. Orlando Bloom <gasps> is in talks to return to Middle Earth. This was... This was announced ah. uh, last week. Ah. Oh, e News, E News, and of course, from the entertainment of course, network. Legolas, you know, would be around. He's the well, more than that, he is the son. I know he's the Prince of Mirkwood. He's the son of Thranduil, yes. who is the king, the elf king of Mirkwood. And uh, E Entertainment News confirms that Elvin Star of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is in talks to appear in the Hobbit adaptation. He didn't appear in The Hobbit, of course. Legolas did not appear in The right. Hobbit. But it makes perfect sense for him to be there. And there's actually some rumor that he may be playing the leader of the elf armies in the Battle of Five Armies, which is sort of at the end of The Hobbit. Wouldn't it be interesting if he played Thranduil? That, I think, would be interesting, but I don't because think he that will. Because that would be his father. I don't think he will. Even though Thranduil is not yet cast. Mm-hmm. Well, so from the OneRing.net, which is okay. my favorite place currently to consolidate all this stuff, right. we have Balin as Ken Stott. Bard is not yet cast. Oh, yeah. Bjorn is Mikael Persbrandt. Bert the Stone Troll and the other Stone Trolls are n- not yet voice cast. There'll be voices, almost certainly computer-generated imagery, CGI. Mm-hmm. They'll not be actual people, but but uh, computer-generated like, images. Like Paul Rhys Davies was the voice of um, um, Treebeard. Right, exactly that that nature. Beefer is now William Kirker. Bilbo is Martin Freeman. Bofer is James Nesbitt. Bolg. That one of the chief orcs, one of the chief mm-hmm. goblins, is not yet cast. Bomber is Stephen Hunter. The chief of the guards of the elf woodland realm is not yet cast. The chief wolf in the Wolves of the North is probably, again, going to be computer-generated, mm-hmm. but the voice is not cast. Dane is not yet cast. Mm. Dory is Mark Hadlow. Drogo Baggins is Ryan Gage. Dwaylin is Graham McTavish. Elrond is not yet cast officially, but we're but hoping and assuming Hugo Weaving. As, but it's listed on as a IMDb. character. Com, on IMDb.com, it is, you know, written in and list, listed as a character, certainly. Well, I mean, you know, right. Elrond actually appears in The Hobbit. Galadriel, Kate Blanchett confirmed, even though not in the book. Wonderful addition. Uh, Galleon, an elf, is not yet cast. Gandalf. Assumed to be Sir Ian McKellen, but not yet solid confirmed. What, what was the name you said before Gandalf? Galeon. G-A-L-I-O-N. Galeon. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's a female character, isn't it? Elf of the Woodland Realm. Not yet cast. No note on that. doesn't say. Mm. Okay. Glowen, dwarf of the House of Durin, is Peter Hambleton. Gollum is not yet cast. Assumed to be Andy Serkis. The mm-hmm. Great Goblin is probably going to be computer-generated, but the voice is not yet cast. Keeley is Aidan Turner. Legolas is rumored to be Orlando 
Bloom. Mm -hmm. Lobelia Sackville Baggins is not yet cast, Mm. but uh, and and not even yet listed as a movie character. But she appears in the novel. And if you've got two movies, you ought to have Lobelia. She's quite a personality. Quite a personality. (laughs) Lord of the Eagles is likely to be the same as like in Lord of the Rings. Master of Lake Town is not yet cast. Nori is Jed Brophy. Owen is John Kalen. Ori is Adam Brown. Radagast is Sylvester McCoy. Roak a Raven is probably going to be computer generated. Mm. Saruman, not yet cast. Saruman. Christopher Lee played Saruman originally, but is unlikely to return. He is, is really sort of elderly now and doesn't really fly anymore. So I don't know what they're going to do about Christopher Lee and Sarah Man. Hmm. Smaug is almost certain to be computer generated, but the voice is not cast. Hmm. There have been rumors that the great Leonard Nimoy will oh. have some role in the movie. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't he be great as the voice yes. of Smaug? Spiders are likely to be CGI. Thranduil the Elven King is not yet cast. Thorin is the wonderful, vibrant, virile young actor Richard Armitage. And that is the list from... You were saying, okay, so Galleon, Elf of the Woodland Realm, is yes. G-A-L-I-O-N. I don't, think that's yes. a, I don't think that's a feminine I, spelling. I don't so. recognize that as yeah. being from the book, and yet it must be there, but uh, I don't know it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's, it's all so exciting. Elf and, Princess, oh gosh, you know we are, what? We should say <laughs> uh, thank our friends for joining us. Remind them of a couple of key things. We will not be here live next week. You can still go to KUCITalk.org and download past episodes on podcast for free. Right. And yep. coming up shortly, we have Bunnies in Space with Admiral Bun, which is Wonderful, wonderful music. There's so many great music shows here on oh, KUCI amazing. Irvine. And but we will be back in two weeks with what would Arwen do? Oh at my god! Four p.m. on that will be December twenty eighth. Tuesday, December twenty eighth at four p.m. Pacific time. Right. We will be live, and you can listen to us live at KUCI.org. Streaming live alternative radio twenty four uh, by seven. My gosh! In two weeks, we should have all kinds of um, movie news and Elf and Hobbit adventure reports. Oh my gosh! To, uh, I certainly will. Because I I know this coming weekend. I don't know if you have any uh, adventures coming up, but I have. Um, I'm going to see the Newport Beach Boat Parade, which uh, is something that if you live here in Southern California, anyone can see. You can. There are various places that you can go down and watch the boat parade. It's between it's the 15th through the 19th. It's so a beautiful, beautiful, so beautiful. Get we have done that before. Mm-hmm. Something we haven't done in a number of years is to go to Knott's Berry Farm, one of the mm-hmm. theme parks here in Southern California, and see their Christmas environment, which is very dis- Dickensian, mm-hmm. very beautiful. Oh. Well, well, it's almost time. It's, it's almost time, um, and uh, normally we do play our uh, ending song of Into, Into the, the West. West, but I think today, we, t- in celebration of the holidays, we should hear again from the Prancing Pony players this, this hour with My Fave Things. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Especially since we don't get to have our show next week uh, for the anniversary which would be the ninth anniversary of the release of Fellowship of the Ring, December 21st, 2001. It's also the winter solstice. Yes, the day of the winter solstice. So there'll be some some dancing about and all kinds of gaiety happening. But there's <laughs> going to be a basketball game 
in uh, this time period. There will be. Next Tuesday. Wonderful to celebrate the sports, things that help to keep us healthy and well-rounded. So, my friend, my dear friend, Hobbit friend, thank you so much for your lovely, lovely gifts. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday. I hope all of our listeners have a wonderful holiday and that everyone is safe if you are uh, partaking of any of the spirits of the holidays that you will make sure you have a designated driver or just stay put wherever you are and, and have a nice nap that's what elves like to do they if they have a little wine or miravor we like to take a little nap or yeah. <laughs> ale we hobbits yes. are fond of our ale don't uh, don't you know an elf would not think of going out and operating any heavy machinery <laughs> so just don't think about doing anything like that and but um, make sure to give lots of hugs and lots of kisses and maybe even think about setting some new traditions for the holidays being mindful of the things that you do and say and maybe looking at things and say is this working for me maybe this year instead of having turkey or ham you have a nice big butternut squash oh my gosh and there's a <laughs> tremendous recipe i just saw i've got to share this i know where time is running short but there's a tremendous recipe that was shown on food tv which the hobbit wife loves watching and i watch Ooh. it with her mm-hmm. you simply cut up the butternut squash you don't mm-hmm. peel it you wash it but you don't peel it you just cut up the butternut squash in like one inch chunks and then you roast that with a little bit of olive oil and salt and pepper mm-hmm. when it comes out and after it cools a little bit, mm-hmm. you strew it. You strew it with blue cheese mm. and roasted pecans. Mm. It was just the most lovely sounding vegetarian dish I have ever heard in my life. Have you had it yet? I have not yet had it, oh. but we already have purchased pecans. And the Hobbit wife was supposed to be going tomorrow or Thursday to get some blue cheese uh-huh. and a butternut squash from the well, market. I wish you would email me that recipe. Because I have three butternut squashes at home. You already have the butternut squash. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Elf Princess, I shall certainly email you that recipe. Absolutely. And again, thank you to all of our listeners. We invite you to come back and see us in two weeks. In the meantime, Alin Salalumin Amentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. And my dear Hobbit friend, I will say to you, Oyonai Amentielva, which translated is ever, may it be, our meeting, that may our our meetings be everlasting. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you, Elf Princess, and I look forward to our next meeting on this radio station. Still in 2010. Still in 2010, December 28th, the 28th which will be a wonderful program. Thank you to our listeners. Merry and Christmas. and We'll leave and them with uh, some uh, reminder of my fave things from the Prancing Pony Players. See you in two weeks. This is KUCI Irvine. Wizards and parties and hobbits digesting, elf lords and councils and fellowships passing, Balrog to flame and a sword we call sting. This is why I like the Lord of the Rings. Three rings and baddies and one ring of power.